There's a profound quote that says, healing is an art. It takes time. It takes practice. It takes love. And in a lot of cases, it also takes travel. And it was for the first time since the accident, I'm actually getting goosebumps as I'm telling this again, that I felt something, you know, I felt a sneak of aliveness. The older you get, the more you realize life doesn't always go to plan. It can take you in a direction you would never expect for yourself and also your loved ones. In this episode, we are meeting Anetta, a woman who, in the darkest moment of her life, followed her intuition and flew over 7,000 miles to glue her broken life back together again. This is Traveler Stories, a podcast brought to you by SAS. In this season, you will meet people who traveled abroad and suddenly found themselves in a situation that changed the course of their lives. If I do end up suddenly old in a rocking chair, I will at least remember this thing. The world is the best classroom you can ever visit in your entire life. None of this would have happened if it hadn't been for that Thai boxing gym. I got this physical reaction. I can understand people now saying that they got some kind of religious call. I'm actually getting goosebumps as I'm telling this again. My own heart stopped, I think. Uh, I, you know, this state of shock um, came over me and uh, I couldn't believe it. This was all a bad, bad dream. This is Anatta, a 52-year-old Danish woman from Copenhagen who in 1997 lived a vibrant life in Hong Kong with her English husband, Phil. Our connection was um, from day one really quite a, a strong connection. Like we knew what the other one was thinking, you know. When I described something to him, he very quickly realized what I meant. Onette met Phil in London when she was in her 20s. I was educated in shipping and I was working as a sales coordinator and he was one of the sales guys. As I was uh, this tall, blonde Danish girl walking into the office, which was full of these small Taiwanese uh, and British people, he stood out because uh, he was quite tall himself. And um, he would only be in the office uh, on Mondays. So I always looked forward to Mondays because we just had a connection. Uh, he had this great sense of humor and uh, he liked me because I was so direct. And um, I think he thought that was quite weird and quite funny. <laughs> they moved to Hong Kong when Phil was offered a tech job. My ambitions were, were high. I didn't really want to be an expat wife, <laughs> but the minute I arrived in Hong Kong, I, I felt uh, happy there and um, I, I got a job after a little while. I mean, Hong Kong was um, like New York of the East, you could say, all these tall buildings and the nature and it was a very fast life, but also very fun. In December 1997, Phil was on a business trip in Taiwan. Then, something out of the blue happened. I saw there was this flash on my um, answering phone. This was at the time where you had these old-fashioned phones. And normally, I would always just listen to this message. But for some reason, I sat down and I ate the sandwich that I had just bought. It was almost like I knew 
something was happening. I don't know, but um, but I did. And on the machine was this message uh, from one of the guys from his company that uh, I should call ASAP. And I did. And um, they told me that there's been this accident in uh, Taiwan, this car accident that Phil was part of. And uh, I just remember screaming, is he alive? And the guy just went quiet and uh, he didn't really answer my question, but he just told me, Annette, this is really serious. When we arrived in uh, Taiwan, it was quite a long ride. It was uh, a little hour before we got to this hospital. And I just uh, saw him lying there and uh, just collapsed, you know. I mean, Phil was in a coma and uh, I believed that, you know, I believed in miracles. I believed that, of course, he was going to wake up no matter, nobody could tell me otherwise. On that to compares what happened to Phil and his colleagues to the Princess Diana tragedy. Four people in a Mercedes crashed in a tunnel only one survived. His heart stopped beating and then they knew that uh, they shouldn't use the life support machine. Uh, and that's when, when he died. The tragic event caused Anetta to feel completely broken. She was, understandably, an absolute wreck. My own heart stopped, I think. Uh, I... You know, this state of shock um, came over me and uh, I couldn't believe it. Onetta didn't know what to do. When she went back to her Hong Kong apartment to pack up his things, she got this gut feeling. I remember sitting in, in the floor in this apartment uh, surrounded by these packers and movers and the only thing that came up uh, for me was that I wanted to go to Honolulu. Don't know where it came from, but it was just this gut feeling that I needed to go really far away. Onetta had to go back to the UK with some of Phil's possessions. When she was in England, she met up with an old friend and told her about this thought she was having about Honolulu. I was just uh, a mess, really. And um, I shared with her and she said, you know what, this sounds great, Anita. You know, let's go up to Trailfinders. Let's book you a ticket. She knew her gut instinct was correct when she looked up at the clocks and the travel agents and there was a sign. And my friend just uh, pinched me and said, look up. And his clock said Honolulu. And she sort of said, you know what? We're booking you this ticket. And we did. That ticket was for the next day. So basically I... I packed two suitcases, which also seemed stupid, uh, but I did, and uh, I boarded the plane. Onetta needed self-love. She needed a trip that was going to bring her back to life. And what better than a place with beautiful weather, nature, and local proverbs that say, live your life while the sun is still shining. Aloha, Hawaii. Like most people without a plan, Onetta was hit with immediate apprehension. There I was standing uh, with my two suitcases and I felt lost. I mean, what the hell had I just done? 
I remember this uh, guy walked over to me and asked me which hotel I was staying in. And I just said, I have, I really don't know. And he said, well, I, I'm, I'm going to this place in uh, Waikiki. Um, do you want to come? And I said, yeah, sounds great. So I basically follow this strange guy into a cab and um, arrived at this was kind of a hostel. And uh, I, I just remember collapsing on my bed and thinking, what the hell? I mean, what am I going to do? Where am I? Etc. Uh, Etc. Et Onetta ends up in a neighborhood called Waikiki. In the morning, she puts on a t-shirt, leaves her hotel room, and goes to the beach to stand in the sun. I remember looking at myself. I mean, here I was. I could feel the warmth. Uh, I could hear the ocean. I could almost smell the ocean. Uh, and I looked at my body and uh, my arm were, was this kind of white with blue and yellow because I've been pinching myself so much trying to feel something. And I walked back t- uh, to the, the hostel and I remember there was this receptionist. She was very, very nice, smiling. And, um, And she just looked at me and uh, and I said, well, do you like it here? She asked me and said, yeah, but, you know, well, this is Honolulu. She said, well, maybe, you know, you should go to Maui. And I said, well, what is Maui? Maui, known to some as the Valley Isle, is a popular tourist spot and the second largest Hawaiian island. I had no idea that uh, Hawaii is actually five islands. Um, and there was, same scenario, um, arriving in Maui. Again, no idea uh, where to go next. And I had this feeling I needed to be down by the ocean. Onetta is engulfed by the same feeling she had when she arrived. But what's going on? This is crazy, you know? These are the feelings everyone experiences when they step out of their comfort zone. It is human nature to worry. I walked down to this little health food store I sat down on a bench outside and there was this uh, board. And then I saw this little uh, note saying, German girl seeks roommate. And I thought, that sounds about right. And I called her up from this phone booth. The German girl comes to pick Anetta up. Much, much, la- much later, she would tell me how completely crazy she thought I looked and uh, how lost I looked. But she had had all these guys uh, calling to be her roommate, so she was just so happy that it was a girl. We drove off down to um, this little house, and uh, I remember walking uh, through their yard and seeing, first of all, this uh, beautiful mango tree. There was uh, all these uh, beautiful flowers, and there was roosters running around, so I thought that it was perfect. Anetta's new German roommate was called Caroline. And uh, she didn't really ask me much, which I really appreciated. One day, Caroline says to Anetta, let me take you on the road to Hana. We started off early in the morning, uh, picking up two lattes. And um, then she took me on this beautiful, beautiful uh, road. It was a long and winding, and we were driving past all these small waterfalls and... uh, And it was just incredible driving through this jungle and seeing all these exotic uh, flowers and really, really peaceful. We were just listening to music and uh, talking a little bit, but otherwise just enjoying this incredible scenic route. When we just 
got to Hana. She knew this little uh, secret beach called Red Sand Beach. And I could just see the corals and uh, it was really incredible. And then she told me, you know, the snorkel here is really beautiful. Take my gear and, uh, and go. Many people say the cure to anything is salt, sweat, tears, or the sea. For Anette, at this moment, it was the sea. The ocean has, I've always felt really at home in the ocean. I don't know if it's because I'm a Pisces in my star sign, but I just, the ocean is, is, is my home. And uh, I went out there and uh, I saw these beautiful corals, beautiful uh, fish. And it was for the first time since the accident. I'm actually getting goosebumps as I'm telling this again, that I felt something, you know, I felt a, a, a sneak of aliveness. And um, I walked back on onto the beach and she was just sitting there smiling. When Anette walked out of the ocean, she looked at Caroline and the emotion hit her. And I sat down and, and, and I just, tears were just running down uh, my face. And I just looked up to the horizon and and I told her my story. I told her why I was there. And uh, she was really honored that I shared this with her because, I mean, she could sense that something was going on. But um, obviously, I didn't have to share this, but I did. Onetta wasn't the only one with a story. Caroline had also come to Hawaii to escape. This boyfriend uh, had been doing some coke deals in Munich that she found out uh, by accident and she was really pissed off with him and just needed to get as far away as possible. Uh, so she could really relate when I told that I also just needed to get far away um, and, and, and to kind of heal by myself. So they both had stories. They both felt numb. But day by day, the beauty of Hawaii, the mountains, the flowers, had the power to make them smile again. Caroline, like me, loved uh, swimming in the ocean every day. And also this uh, latte drinking. Uh, we would explore the island for uh, finding all these different small coffee shops. And we would look out uh, and there was this island. I actually, I'm not sure if it was called Turtle Island or we just named it Turtle Island. But uh, we would fantasize about how we would uh, start a coffee shop there and how people would come in boats and uh, in their snorkeling gear, in their diving gear. And uh, there would be hammocks, there would be cushions. Uh, we would make our mango salad and uh, good lattes. And uh, this would be the talk of Maui. Even though Caroline was great company, Anetta still needed alone time. One afternoon, while enjoying a coffee at a cafe, she noticed a picture on the back of a magazine. It was an advertisement for a place called Angel's Nest. So I thought, okay, let's drive up there. Maybe there's a bookstore, maybe there's a cafe, something. And I drove up and uh, there was this big house and that was a little bit strange. It wasn't, didn't seem like there was many people around. So I knocked on the door and... This big man came out. He asked if he could help me. And I said, well, I think I've got the wrong place. Uh, and he just kept looking at me and said, well, should I show you around now you're, you're here? And, and I just kept wanting to get, a, get away because I felt 
embarrassed. I could see maybe this was some kind of a retreat center or something. But I also felt a little bit ashamed. So I went on this tour with him where he showed me it's a beautiful place and incredible. And um, he said, sit down and I'll make you a cup of tea. And I did. And uh, he sat then quite close to me, a little bit too close for my liking, but just kept touching me, like clapping my body. And I just, you know, I wanted to get away. And I kept sort of, my body would get these jerks of, you know, wanting to leave. But he said, something in, in him just made me stay in this chair. The big man was a healer. And he told her that he knew she was in shock. He said, you know, you're in a shock. What have happened? And again, these tears would just run down my my cheeks. And, and, and I told him that what I had been through and, and uh, that my husband had died in this accident. And, you know, and he, and he said, well, it all makes sense. I said, what makes sense? Nothing makes sense. He said, well, you came here for a reason. You know, you were drawn to um, to Maui for a reason. You were drawn here to heal. And, and I just started to cry. The healer clapped Anette out of shock, and she left feeling even more like herself. If you haven't been in a state of shock, you don't know until you're out of it because uh, you're a function, you're, you're, you're walking around, you're eating, you're, you're drinking, but it's only afterwards when you sort of, you sense things again. And um, for the first time, I felt so alive. The healer told her about the specific tunnel in Maui, which you could drive through. And if you uh, honked the horn, you could make a wish. And he told me, you know, do that. And I couldn't wait to go through this tunnel. And I honked my horn and I just told the big guy upstairs, you know, let me live again and also let me love again, you know, uh, let me be alive again. Anetta's wishes finally came true. Our time in, in Maui was coming to an end um, for both of us. because um, We were only allowed to stay there for six months uh, due to the visa situation. But it was time for me to, to go back and to face my family, uh, Phil's family. On the journey to her motherland, Denmark, Anetta stopped one day in San Francisco, which she loved. And this was a beautiful city. I really, I fell in love with San Francisco. Again, because it was by the ocean. Uh, it was full of these bridges. <laughs> I love bridges. It's like going from one thing to another. And um, I remember I just found a little ho- hotel in Chinatown. And the next morning I was walking up and seeing this bridge in between the buildings. And I kept walking and walking and walking. And I got down there and uh, this was the Bay Bridge. And then I looked to the right and I saw this other bridge and realized, okay, that's the Golden Gate. And I just felt, wow, this is a fantastic place. When Anetta was back in Denmark, her family really wanted to spend time with her. But because travel had such a healing effect, Anetta had other plans. I was just drawn to go back to San Francisco. And this is what I did. I was talking to Caroline on the phone. She also felt this 
frustration about being back in in Germany and uh, she was thinking about coming over and so she was going to go to uh, Palm Desert so I decided you know I'm going to go down and join her so I drove down to LA and um, a new adventure started in Palm Desert. So after a few months in lovely San Francisco, Onetta joins her old pal Caroline and gets a place in Venice, LA, where she ends up living for three years to make sense of it all. It was like, you know, I couldn't really let people in. I couldn't really let anyone help me. Um, and I basically uh, <laughs> stayed until my money ran out. Onetta goes back to Copenhagen. She's home. But she doesn't feel home. I decided that, uh, you know, my love of diving and the ocean, that I maybe I should uh, finish my uh, paddy diving course and uh, actually become a dive master. Did I really imagine myself becoming a dive master in Copenhagen? I've been to Hawaii. I've been to, I mean, seriously. And after one dive in, in the harbor, freaking cold, uh, I was, you know, what should I do? The dive master idea seemed like a bad one, but it did lead her to the next good idea, which would change her life. So I started uh, walking the streets of Copenhagen and I found myself in this little coffee shop that had just opened. And from my time in LA, I mean, it was quite common, uh, all this coffee to go concept and I thought wow you know this guy's brave you know uh, it's not really here in Denmark people are still drinking uh, office coffee made you know from the machines etc but I talked to this guy and uh, I sort of maybe this is what I should maybe I should start a coffee shop all of a sudden my purpose was finding um, a space and this is how I found myself in this little street in Vesterbro in uh, Copenhagen, called Tulinskade. And I saw this tiny little house, and I thought, this is ideal, it's tiny. Maybe this was going to be a way of landing for real. I was thinking back on, on me and Carolyn dreaming about Turtle Island Coffee Shop. It was almost like I had this power again. You know, I thought, okay, I need this. I need to build myself up. Uh, so finally, uh, a bank agreed to uh, to lend me the money. And um, and I bought everything myself. I bought the tiles, I bought the paint, I bought brushes, and I just knew that I had to build this coffee shop. It was like, you know, while I was building my own coffee bar, tile by tile, I was literally building myself up again. So Ametta's dream of owning a coffee shop really did come true. And who could predict what happens next? One day she's working in the store when her coffee dealer comes in with a man who she is told will be her coffee delivery man from now on. Yeah, so I, I uh, opened Café um, Køseriet and I had been uh, going around trying out these different uh, coffee beans and had chosen... Um, a place called Coffee Masters. The owner, uh, his name was uh, Svensson. He came through the door once with uh, this other guy, or the tall uh, guy, and he told me, uh, this is uh, Funda. 
he will be delivering your coffee. And I remember my head tilted a little bit and uh, he was wearing sunglasses. I was standing there in my coffee shop every day telling stories and uh, still had this shield around me. But every time he came, uh, this guy, uh, something happened and uh, it was like he came with this energy and uh, we would look at each other and um, there was just something happening and uh, I would really look forward to these visits. Uh, the crazy story is that uh, today he is my new husband and uh, we have now been together for 15 years. Traveling healed on the back to life and made her who she is today. It gave her a different perspective of the world and made her realize that she could build herself up and create something. But most of all, it taught her to follow her intuition. Well, I learned that uh, the world is a friendly place and I learned that if you uh, dare to trust in people, I mean, uh, this journey really showed me that from following one person to another, actually can be a, a very great thing. Also to travel by by yourself uh, is not a scary thing. And I really encourage more people to dare to do that. I think travel broadens your horizon. Uh, it makes you, um, makes you look at yourself in a different way. It makes you look at other people. Uh, and I know for sure that um, going away Sometimes we all need to take a break and sometimes we need to be alone. There is a crazy meaning in in following your impulses, really, you know. Uh, Sometimes it seems so crazy, you know, go to Honolulu, drink coffee, uh, walk the line uh, so you have no money and, and finding love again. Yeah, it seems all crazy, but this was exactly what happened.